I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Chris Wallace, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, May 14th, 2020. I'm Trey Yingst. European countries are preparing to reopen, hoping the summer tourism months can reboot their economies. It was a bit like a ghost town, and and that was true, I think, across Europe. In, In most capitals of European countries, you had the same thing. You know, Germany's fared pretty well, so people are kind of eager to get back to normal life. They've had enough of the lockdown. They've had enough of staying at home. This is the Fox News Rundown, Global Pandemic. From Germany to Austria to France and across the EU, there's a concerted effort underway to phase out of lockdowns and phase into economic stimulation. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Boyan Penchevsky, the Germany correspondent for The Wall Street Journal, starting first in France that has seen a spike in their coronavirus death toll. The country remains hard hit with more than 17,000 hospital deaths and nearly 10,000 nursing home deaths. Despite the grim numbers, France started to reopen this week. French President Emmanuel Macron dividing the country into red and green zones with varying degrees of restrictions. Now to Austria, where the country is testing all arriving travelers at the airport. NBC reports the test cost around $200, but that results come back in two to three hours. Austrian lockdowns started to be lifted a month ago after heavy restrictions at the beginning of the outbreak. Since mid-April, when thousands of businesses started to reopen, Austria has successfully kept the infection rate to a minimum. Finally, to neighboring Germany, where yesterday the government released plans to reopen their borders next month to allow tourism to stimulate the German economy. German Chancellor Angela Merkel stressed the situation is still very dangerous and that infection rates will need to be monitored. So what steps has Germany and its neighbors taken that allow for reopening next month? Well, basically, life is returning to normal. Everything's reopening. Uh, pretty much all the shops have reopened now. Uh, even the hairdressers have reopened. This is Boyan Penchevsky, the Germany correspondent for The Wall Street Journal. He joins us today from Berlin. They are um, about to reopen. And actually, you know, Germany is a federal state, so a bit like the United States, they have the states have, 16 states have large autonomy, so they're going about this at a different speed, at a different pace. Uh, some of them have already reopened bars and restaurants. Others are in the process of doing that. Now they are uh, relaxing the controls at the borders. Uh, they set a date on the 15th of June when they would fully reopen the borders if the situation remains as it is now. And they're talking about sort of... Uh, trying to salvage the tourist uh, tourism season. So everything's, you know, when you go out on the streets in Berlin, everything seems normal now. People are out in great numbers. The weather's nice. Parks are full. Um, the shops are full. So, you know, it's, it's business as usual. What did it look like a few weeks ago at the peak of the outbreak in Germany? I mean, I think a lot of countries across Europe are looking to Germany as a potential model for a planned and phased reopening. So I'm curious, I mean, how strict was it at the height of this pandemic? Well, you know, again, it was uh, it was quite strict across the board, but in some states, for example, in Bavaria, it was stricter than where I am in Berlin. Uh, even though, even so, in Berlin, it was it was pretty strict. You know, the streets were empty pretty much. Uh, all the bars were closed. All the restaurants were closed. 
all the shops except the essential shops such as supermarkets, pharmacies and so on, the post office, that remained open. But, um, you know, it was a bit like a ghost town. And, and that was true, I think, across Europe. In, in most capitals of European countries, you had the same thing. Uh, sports were banned. Um, you know, gatherings of more than two people were banned. So you couldn't go out with your friends and sit on a bench. That was banned. The police would come and ask you to disperse. So it was, it was a very, very strikingly different atmosphere. And now all that's gone. Uh, you know, Germany's fared pretty well. So people are kind of eager to get back to normal life. They've had enough of the lockdown. They've had enough of staying at home. And since the weather has improved vastly, we're now in the middle of spring here. Um, everyone feels like just, you know, returning to normalcy. Germany, like many countries across Europe, relies heavily on tourism. And the, the German government took an interesting approach to supporting the entire economy during the spread of coronavirus. Can you tell us about what the government was doing in terms of ensuring that those who were unemployed were able to survive and weather this storm? Oh, those measures are still in place, and I think they might remain in place for quite a while. Basically, Germany unleashed a massive stimulus package uh, of up to $700 billion, I think, depending how you how you count it. And it basically consists of cheap loans for businesses uh, and it goes all the way to grants for people who are freelance or self-employed. And obviously they've been out of business for a couple of months now. So the government stepped in and started paying them sort of money to be able to survive. Um, the bigger companies and the smaller companies all had access to unlimited credits guaranteed by the states in order to be able to uh, continue doing business once this is over. Now, obviously, the economy is reopening, but it's reopening in a slower pace because consumers are you know, not that confident. Investors are not confident, obviously, because the pandemic is not over yet. Nobody knows what's coming next. There's a lot of talk about a second wave so I think demand is, is pretty low, and it would appear that the government will be forced to keep up this uh, stimulus for, for quite a while. We have a scheme here which they call, um, it's sort of similar to the furlough scheme in the States, only a little bit different because here, for example, if you take a factory that needed to close down because of the measures or just because of the coronavirus, um, the government would guarantee two-thirds of the salaries of people. So workers would stay at home, but the government will pay their employers to continue paying their salaries. And I think that continues in many companies because they're still unable to restart business as before the crisis. And that's largely due to the fact that Germany is a huge export nation, and many of these top-quality German products are exported across the world, and other countries, their markets, German markets, are now also in lockdown or in a partial lockdown. People are struggling. Companies are struggling. Investors are struggling. So there's, you know, demand is still low for, for the German products. And therefore, the government continues to support businesses and individuals. Yeah, and the layout of Germany is, is interesting just in terms of how many borders it shares. And we talked a little bit about how the plan is mid-June to reopen borders. 
And obviously this helped to control the spread between countries in this part of Europe. I do want to talk briefly about Austria because regionally this was a big story, the fact that in mid-April there were thousands of businesses reopening. Being a neighbor to Germany, I mean, was there any concern that there could be a huge spike there that could ultimately end up affecting Germany? And then also, just from your perspective reporting in the region, was this successful? And do you think the Austrian model will be used in other places in Europe? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Well, you see, Austria was the first to lock down. Well, anyway, it locked down before Germany, I think, almost 10 days before Germany. And it was it was quicker to take some of the measures that than other countries eventually took. And therefore, it was able to leave the lockdown um, quicker than others. So in Austria, it seems to be the case that everything's going well. Um, the government has said that they will monitor the situation very closely, that they will do, they will compare the stats, they will gather all the data, they will do all the testing continuously, and they will have a, a sort of a check every two weeks to see if there is a spike in infections or hospitalizations or deaths from COVID-19. And if that were to be the case, they would sort of reconsider what to do next. So far, they've been gradually reopening the economy. It's almost fully open now, I think. And um, and they haven't had a relapse. So that's, that's a good sign. Uh, obviously, these countries that entered the lockdown earlier, Denmark is one of these countries as well. Uh, um, they served as an example to countries like Germany. So Germany had about a week or almost two weeks to observe what's happening in Austria and Denmark and in the Czech Republic. And the examples were positive, so so people could move on. Now, obviously, it's it, there's a great deal of sort of insecurity about this virus. It's a new virus, it's a novel virus. Nobody really knows how it will behave. There is an ex- expectation that in summer, in mild weather, people will spend much of their time outdoors, and therefore they will not be infecting each other with the virus. That that normally is true of any virus. Um, so experts expect it will be the same, but there is a great concern what, about what happens once we enter bad weather again, when, when, when the weather gets cooler and, and people go back indoors, because there is, there is pretty solid evidence that this virus is, is very good at, at, at spreading indoors. And I think that's the greatest concern for policymakers. In Austria, basically their recipe is to sort of just observe, look at the data and and do a lot of testing, do a lot of look at all these parameters. Uh, They've got a bunch of mathematicians, a bunch of epidemiologists and so on who are watching this like a hawk. And the moment they see some sort of drastic change that would be worrying, they, they would then think about reapplying some of the restrictions from the lockdowns. You've been listening to Boyan Panchevsky, the Germany correspondent for The Wall Street Journal. We'll be right back after a short break. Your reporting in the region has really stuck out. It's been incredible. Now would be a good time, I guess, to let our listeners know The Wall Street Journal and Fox News do share common ownership. But, I mean, your reporting, you seem to always have your finger on the pulse of what's happening, not only in Germany, but across Europe. What stands out to you about the coronavirus story from your reporting, and what do you see as being an underreported story that people should be paying attention to? Well, thanks for saying that. Um, I mean, I don't know that there is much underreported. 
I mean, I guess there is a lot of things, a lot of things that are underreported. It's such a huge, massive story. It's probably the the biggest story in our lifetime. It's it's. Uh, I think what we still don't know is what measures are really effective to sort of prevent this virus from spreading because it's you know it turns out epidemiologists are much like economists you know you get two economists in the room and they will have three opinions about one matter and and it seems to be the case with the scientists with the epidemiologists they they can't agree on much and perhaps that's not surprising because this is really something new the virus is you know it first emerged in december we think it it was identified in january so I personally would like to hear more about which measures are actually affecting in curbing contagion. So we wouldn't have to harm the economies in the future when, when let's say, if the epidemic restarts, because everyone worries about the second waves. Most pandemics have had second and third wave. And normally the, the second wave was deadlier than the first, historically speaking, for, for other pathogens. So it would be very useful to know which specific measures are actually effective. So people wouldn't need to shut down the whole economy again, but rather to just, let's say, ban football matches or ban clubs or even restaurants if if it's necessary, but not to sort of infringe on other forms of commerce or public life. And I think that's that's what we still, we're not quite sure. You know, there are very many opinions about what needs to be done. Some experts are saying schools are potentially dangerous. Other experts are saying schools are perfectly fine. You need to focus on, on massive events such as, you know, soccer games or whatever. Absolutely. It's an interesting topic to be covering. And uh, like I said, really incredible reporting during this unique time. Boyan Panchevsky, the Germany correspondent for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks again for your time. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.